know we've been poorly lately, and the computer has been a right pain in the posterior, but hopefully, hopefully we can get a new show recorded and handed over. Look, everything's working fine at the moment. As long as we only touch the buttons we really, really definitely need to, we should be okay, okay? I mean, we've got a fair bit to catch up on, haven't we? I mean, Gen Con is the big one. Yeah, well, we'll get there one day. We'll do the round, shall we? Origins, Essen, UK Games Expo, Gen Con, Paradise, Aircon, Dice Tower, East, West, North, South, Cruise, Twin Con, Shucks, Pax, and the rest of them. Well, we might have to if my game gets so popular. Look, we're just putting the news off. We better get it done before the whole AI thing takes over and we become obsolete. Right, push that button. Just that one, alright? Nothing else. Hit it. As we mentioned, Gen Con 2023 took place this last weekend and has broken the event's attendance record in its 20th anniversary. For those not in the know, Gen Con is the American equivalent of our UK Games Expo. But as with most things American, it's usually done on a bigger scale, and usually with fireworks. Taking place in Indianapolis, Indiana, Gen Con is a four-day event that sees various tabletop publishers provide playable demos for their upcoming games and enable players to purchase or indeed pre-order copies for themselves. Various announcements are also often made during Gen Con, making it one of the most important events of the tabletop industry calendar. This year's event was held from August the 3rd to the 5th, with big publishers such as Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons Studio, Wizards of the Coast, setting up shop at the convention. The record of the highest number of attendees at past Gen Con events was originally set before Covid at 2019's event, with a total of around 70,000 visitors. With 2020s not being held, attendance levels were around 35,000 in 2021 and 50,000 in 2022. But this year's event saw the convention attendance record being broken by a total of way over 70,000 people through the doors in Indiana. With 2023's event marking the 20th anniversary, the organisers also confirmed that it had extended its contract with Indianapolis to hold future conventions all the way through to 2030. With over 70,000 people through the doors, both attendees and convention partners raised nearly just shy of $35,000 or £27,000 for Indie Reads, a non-profit organisation that supports literacy in and around Indiana. And Game Pathways, a charity that helps young people get into the tabletop gaming industry. Another potential reason for the increase in visitors to this year's convention was the soft launch of the highly anticipated Disney Lorcana, a trading card game published by Ravensburger and featuring original artwork of various recognisable characters from across Disney's animated history. With the limited pre-release of Disney Lorcana at Gen Con, saw enormous queues of people looking to purchase cards, snaking through the Indiana Convention Center from the very first day of the event. One attendee had indeed been waiting over 24 hours in order to be the front of the line when the event opened. 
In anticipation of the long queues, Ravensburger organised a line with Gen Con staff to begin at 6pm on Wednesday evening, ahead of the Disney Lorcana store opening at 10am on the Thursday morning. Ravensburger was selling booster packs and starter decks for the Disney trading card game debut set, the first chapter. For the first time before the game sees a general release in local game stores on August 18th, ahead of a wider world release on September the 1st. Ahead of Gen Con, they confirmed that it would be taking steps to limit the number of decks and packs that fans could buy in order to manage demand. Each person will be able to purchase up to 24 boosters, the equivalent of a booster display box, and one copy of each of the three starter decks. The publisher added that it would punch a hole in the customer's Gen Con badges to restrict visitors to a single purchase. The studio encouraged fans to be sure to get there early, saying that stock would be limited during each day of the show. Alongside its first public availability, the studio also revealed a sixth rarity, called Enchanted, that will include extremely rare cards with alternate artwork and an inkwash foil treatment, as seen in previous promo cards offered at last year's D23 Expo. The Enchanted cards are marked with a new symbol and a collector number over 204. With the first of these promos released at D23, quickly selling for tens of thousands of dollars online, Ravensburger were offering another new promo card, Mickey Mouse Musketeer, to those who managed to buy products at this year's booth, as well as those who have signed up for ticketed events, tournaments and demo sessions. Well, with the positive news surrounding the event, as per usual, some bugger, or in this case, buggers, have to go and ruin it and before the event had even started. Well, two ne'er-do-wells walked off with a whole pallet truck and pallet of trading card game cards, reportedly worth in excess of $300,000. The Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department confirmed the alleged theft occurred in the city's downtown area on Wednesday, August 2nd, ahead of Gen Con's opening in the Indiana Convention Center on the Thursday. CCTV had caught images of the suspects showing the two transporting the stacked boxes between empty gaming tables in the hall as exhibitors set up their booths before the show opened. Ravensburger did announce that no Disney Lorcana cards had gone missing, but neither Nintendo, Wizards of the Coast or Konami, the other big three, Pokemon, Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh have said whether it was their stock that had gone missing. Another unanticipated reveal at Gen Con was an upcoming sequel to Dune Imperium, the deck-building board game based on the 2021 film. The game has slowly been growing in popularity at our club especially, and I believe at Jason's too. Dune Imperium Uprising is a direct sequel to Dune Imperium, and looks to feature characters from the upcoming sequel film, with promo artwork depicting Paul Atreides under his new guise Moil Deeb in Dune Part 2. The upcoming board game will expand on the original Dune Imperium, with players employing a combination of deck building and worker placement gameplay mechanics, which is when players assign a limited number of tokens to perform specific actions in order to acquire and protect power across Arrakis and beyond. In the game, players will be able to employ methods favoured by the Empire, such as political intrigue and spy work, and Fremen tactics in order to defeat their opponents. Players will be able to learn the ways of the Fremen, including riding giant sandworms into battle. 
As well as the new character cards and gameplay mechanics, the new movie board game will include a six-player mode that will enable players to team up against each other in a semi-co-op style mode. Both expansions for Dune Imperium, Rise of Ix, and Immortality have been said to work with Dune Imperium Uprising, as do most of the cards from Dune Imperium base set. This too goes for the other way round. Some of the Uprising cards can be used in the base Imperium game. Both Dune Imperium and the new standalone Uprising were created by Paul Denon and are being released by Dire Wolf Studios. Hold on, hold on. We're not leaving Arrakis just yet because further information released has suggested that a digital version of Dune Imperium is also releasing later this year. Dune Imperium Digital will be a direct digital version of the tabletop game, enabling players to compete with their friends via a digital interface, regardless of where they are. The digital board game will release with a system for organised events such as tournaments, leagues and leaderboards. Dune Imperium Digital has been confirmed to be releasing for PC via the Steam Store, in time for the release of Dune Part 2 in cinemas this November. Direwolf is the studio behind both the original Dune Imperium and now its digital counterpart. But Direwolf isn't sitting on its laurels, as it's also just announced that besides Dune Imperium Digital, they are also working on digital versions of Cascadia, Ark Nova, Isle of Cats and My Little Alphadale. While Wizards of the Coast were also on fire, announcing a string of new information of upcoming magic sets coming to a table near you soon. With the Doctor Who crossover into Magic the Gathering we told you about coming soon, who are Wizards of the Coast to sit back and relax as they announce more additions to its ever-expanding plethora of cards. First up is the fourth booster pack type designed for the previously announced Assassin's Creed Universes Beyond set. Beyond Boosters will allow the trading game publisher to design unique experiences to fit the crossover media property. Universes Beyond products have become increasingly audacious since Wizards launched the initiative back in 2021. Introducing worlds outside of Magic's core multiverse was originally the purview of Secret Lair and its premium print-to-demand reprints. Since that point, is expanded to include the widely successful Warhammer 40,000 Commander decks and most recently Tales of Middle-Earth, which dropped as a full premier set with all the accompanying bells and whistles. Wizards of the Coast president Cynthia Williams previously teased Assassin's Creed coming to universes beyond during a 2022 Hasbro Investor Day presentation. This was further confirmed during a panel at Gen Con, the Ubisoft-developed video game series will help launch yet another type of booster pack. The publisher said during the panel that these booster packs would be designed to provide a particular player experience and help tell a story set in the world of the crossover property. Assassin's Creed has chronicled the centuries-spanning history of a secretive group of hidden agents, applying pressure to world events across the world. Its modern incarnation has focused on ancient Egypt, Greece and most recently Viking-era Scandinavia. Further to delving back into the Assassin's Creed universe, Magic the Gathering's upcoming set, Lost Caverns of Ixalan, will include a series of universes beyond cards featuring the dinosaur designs and potentially other characters from the Jurassic Park film series. 
A piece of promotional art released by Wizards of the Coast portrays the iconic scene from the 1993 Jurassic Park film where a Tyrannosaurus Rex storms the eponymous park's visitor centre, a red banner falling from the ceiling as the monster out of time roars. The art piece, illustrated by Raymond Swanland, is affixed with a logo for Lost Caverns of Ixalan. The popular trading card game will return into the plane of dinosaurs, living gods and Mesoamerican-inspired island culture in November, and apparently it's bringing some featherless lizards along for the ride. Jurassic Park's anachronistic attractions will appear as part of a Universes Beyond special art treatment for Lost Caverns of Ixalan. Expect to find them in set and collector booster packs, along with themed bundles and other collections. Similar to the how the double-faced Transformer cards appeared in last year's The Brothers War set. Also during the Gen Con panel, they said that the inserts would, in fact, condense 30 years of Jurassic World films into mechanically unique cards that will show up in Lost Caverns of Ixland booster packs. The publisher did not provide any additional art or say name drop specific characters. A Jurassic World secret lair is planned to accompany it to release later this year. Will we see full scenes such as the kitchen raptor scramble, the sweeping shot of dinosaur herds on the plains and the giant pile of prehistoric poo? And will Jeff Goldblum show up? They didn't stop there either as the next video game crossover to make it into the Commander decks format will be based on post-apocalyptic RPG Fallout. Developer Bethesda's long-running series of RPGs set in an irradiated US would inspire a set of Commander decks planned for release next spring. The announcement of the decks came checked Raiders, Super Mutants, Monsters and Robots, along with promising that the various factions of the Wasteland, which include the likes of the Brotherhood of Steel and the Railroad, would play a role in the decks. Wizards added that the decks would let players recreate Fallout's most famous and outlandish moments in Magic matches, suggesting that we might see a playful approach to the game's wilder perks like Bloody Mess and Mysterious Stranger on cards. You can bet we'll see the vault tech mascot, Vault Boy, pop up somewhere too. The announcement of the Fallout Commander decks didn't specify which games might serve as inspiration for the upcoming set. The first two Fallout games were released in the late 1990s as classic isometric computer RPGs, before the series transitioned to first-person games from 2008's Fallout 3 and 2010's spin-off Fallout New Vegas. The latest mainline entry in the series was 2015's Fallout, with Fallout 76 expanding the series to a massively multiplayer entry in 2018. Magic the Gathering's crossover with Fallout follows a slew of other video game cards for the trading card game, including secret lair drops for Street Fighter and Fortnite, and upcoming Universes Beyond sets for Final Fantasy and the aforementioned Assassin's Creed. The Fallout Commander decks will be released for Magic the Gathering in March 2024. And moving away from Gen Con related shenanigans, you know we talked about the Magic the Gathering's crossover sets with the Lord of the Rings franchise, yep, and the fact that the one card, or should I say the one ring card, had been found, and it's finally changed hands. The Toronto retail worker who found the one-of-a-kind Magic the Gathering one ring card is now $2 million richer. 
or equivalent to £1.57 million. Having sold it to the celebrity rapper and huge Magic the Gathering superfan Post Malone. The now named retail worker Brooke Trafton from Toronto, Canada made the discovery of a lifetime when he found the rare collectible Magic the Gathering One Ring card following the release of the crossover set with J.R.R. Tolkien's beloved fantasy series. Proof? The card's authenticity was later confirmed via the grading company PSA, which posted an image of the card on the 30th of June before giving it certification grading of Mint 9. In an interview with the BBC, Mr Trafton said that as a lifetime player of the game, it was a childhood dream come true to have found the golden ticket collectible. I was overwhelmed with joy and indeed emotion. How can someone like me actually find something so astronomical? He went on to explain that when he called the store he purchased the Lucky Expansion Pack from to ask how to verify its authenticity, they hung up on him, believing it to be a prank. However, knowing plenty of people would gladly get their hands on the valuable prize, Brooke made sure to put the card somewhere safe. And nope, not in the depths of the Misty Mountains, but actually a bank. I called around to every bank I could get hold of to find a spot within, like, half an hour, he says, before wisely seeking a lawyer. I find it was even crazier than the lottery, he continued in his interview. I wanted to tell everyone, but I just couldn't. I had to keep it a secret. I didn't even tell my dad. Soon after word got out of its discovery, offers poured in from around the globe to purchase the one ring to rule all, but Trafton never expected that it would be the American rapper and singer, Post Malone, who would take home the precious card. Post Malone is a known enthusiast of the fantasy game. The singer, whose real name is Austin Richard Post, had previously spent $800,000 on the highly sought-after Black Lotus card, as well as making appearances in collaborations with the game's creator, Wizards of the Coast. He has since stepped his fandom up a notch, getting featured in his very own card, before making this now extravagant purchase. The thought of selling a card to the American rapper had actually occurred to Mr. Trafton when he struck Lucky, and what was meant to be a backstage meet and greet suddenly turned into an unexpected sale. When Post Malone started asking what the current bid price was, he quickly made an offer which caught Brooke by surprise. The pair shook on the deal before celebrating with a beer on what was the day before Brooke Trafton's 37th birthday. It was so magical, Mr. Trafton says. I'm not going to lie, I cried a little bit. Nope, I cried a lot, he told the BBC. For $2 million, we absolutely would have to. And we're moving on to the BGG Top 5 Hotness. So these games on the list may already be out, due to come out, or crowdfunding at the moment. It tends to be a list on what people are searching for over on BoardGameGeek right now and as of recording. And on to this week's Top 5. In 5. Take on the role of one of the great leaders of the past to build your own ancient city in World Wonders. In 4. Repel the void born and restore dominium in this space of 4x for Euro enthusiasts in void form. In 3. Alien factions gather the last light from a white dwarf star at the end of the universe in last light. In 2. Become the leader of the industrial revolution in an alternative timeline in Nucleum. In 1. And in the top spot. 
we've already mentioned it, compete in teams on Arrakis and learn to ride those sandworms in Dune Imperium Uprising. And for crowdfunding this week, we are heading over to Kickstarter. And this week's game is Mist Wind by First Fish Games. It's designed by Adrian Adamescu and Daryl Andrews, who designed Sagrada. And the artwork's by Gordon Oscar. It's a game for 1-5 to five players. It's got the 14 plus age rating and it runs from 75 to 120 minutes. In the newly explored frontiers of the Mistwind Islands, bustling cities are filled with hard-working townsfolk from fungus farmers to deep mist divers. Transport whales are soaring above the thick mist, transporting citizens and cargo from port to port. Mistwind is growing rapidly and our leaders are looking to connect with neighbouring nations to expand trade networks that will be beneficial for many years to come. You are head of one of these trade companies with a chance to make a name for yourself. You've trained your transport whales well and now you need to gather resources to build your outposts and maximise your network efficiency while keeping up with the supply and demand of the local capitals. Mistwind is a strategic game of building networks and meeting the demands of each nation. Players will gain resources to build outposts or train transport whales, gather and deliver cargo to fulfil territory demands and complete networking contracts with neighbouring nations in an effort to become the most trusted trader in Mistwind. Players will have a hand of action discs numbered 1 to 5, but at the beginning of every round you must choose one to discard and not use for that round. The game board will have four sections, each with their own spots numbered 1 to 5, where players will play their matching numbered action disc. Each spot on the board only allows one action disc. Players take turns placing their action discs until each player has used all four discs, thus ending the round. The game consists of only four rounds, so players must choose carefully when and where to spend their actions to maximise their turns. Players will earn points from, among other things, completing network cards, delivering resources to capitals and overall majority of demand tokens from each region. The player with the most points wins. And barring the support and retailer pledges, there is only one pledge. Well, sort of. There may still be a couple of early bird pledges left at £65. Otherwise, the only pledge available is for the complete game, all stretch goals included, for £75. Well, I certainly didn't fancy being in that Lorcana queue, chap. I know, 16 to 24 hours? Wow. Right, I think they've heard of enough of this this week. Well, you definitely. Nothing? Just say goodbye to everyone? And it's a goodbye from me. Keep safe, meeples. Keep those dice rolling, the cards shuffling, and we'll be right here for you next week.